What is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. We got another very special guest. This is James Frederick LaRue, <laughs> or otherwise known as Jimmy, Jim Bob, Jimbo. Jimbo Sliso. Jimbo Sliso, yep. Uh, he's in our immediate friends group. So Dakota and I have been friends with Jimmy. Uh, I've been friends with him since second grade. Um, we became better friends in high school and then just continued to to grow. We always like ended up apart and then ended up back together. And uh, so I've known Jimmy a long time. He's a doctor of occupational therapy. He does home health right now. So he he's always in his car driving around to different patients, trying to help people. Um, also, uh, Jimmy has a, when he's not doing occupational therapy, he runs a wrestling academy. Um, he has a Bible study. He's got rental properties. He's doing all kinds of stuff. Jimmy's always busy. He's always doing something. He doesn't say no to very many things. This is Jimmy LaRue. Thanks for coming on, man. Woo, thanks for having me, guys. It's awesome. <laughs> Did we say coaching too? Oh, yeah. Well, no. Yeah. You want to intro? Let's intro that, Jimmy. Sure. Tell us about Abundance Life. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, I love the title of it, Abundance versus Scarcity, right? And I think that everything moment by moment comes to a thought, and it, you can either have an abundant thought or a scarcity one. And whether you have either one, it doesn't matter as much as which one you decide to focus on. So abundance life coaching is kind of all about that. And so I do the therapy under that with home health. So contract with different agencies, home health agencies, cover 12 counties with that. And then also do life coaching, um, personal development, all that type of stuff. So it's been super fun. Fitness coaching, everything else with that. Awesome. Um, so that's the... Abundance life coaching. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So uh, before we get started, I'm going to throw a wrench in everything. Uh, I want to start off with a tough question. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jimmy and Dakota are both bigger fans of Will Smith than I am. Uh, but <laughs> we just had this recent controversy. And so I'm wondering, because I can picture myself. I'm probably one of the few friends. I can picture myself definitely being both people. Because right. <laughs> there's times when I poke fun at people, I take it way too far, and I need to get slapped. And then there are other times where I picture myself being Will Smith, that warrior archetype, just being like, yo, don't, don't talk crap about, about my people. So what do you guys think of that? So what's the question? Just what I think about it? Yeah. Or what Dakota thinks about it? Yeah, no, what you, you go first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's interesting. The first time I heard about it, someone was like, dude, did you hear that uh, Will Smith beat up The Rock? I'm like... The Rock? Really? Wow, I wonder what the dynamic of that was. And then I look into it, no, they're talking about Chris Rock. Significantly smaller man. Um, and then I actually watched it on YouTube, and I watched, did some more research too, just like of what he said afterwards when he won the award, and just the regret and conviction is what it looked to be in his heart after uh, Denzel Washington, I think, mm. talked to him. Just mm. said, uh, the devil will always try to attack you at your highest moments when something big is coming. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, I was kind of disappointed at first. I think that Chris Rock should have been a more methodical and careful with his words in a woman that is dealing with cancer. I mean, that's pretty inconsiderate to just throw out the G.I. Jane joke. 
I mean, whether it's funny or not. And that's another thing, too, is Will Smith, he laughed at it at first. If you see, like, he's like, ha. And then he saw that his wife was upset by it. He's like, oh, heck no. Right? And then when he goes up, slaps in the face, I probably, I might have done the same thing, slap in the face. Once he sat down, his emotions continued to boil, I would say. And he said, keep your, my wife's name out of your mother, or your GD mouth. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Like, you're real upset. And then just the, I actually respect Chris Rock a lot too. The posture that he held in that moment, he said, I will. Like, I'll make sure that I don't say her name again. Yeah. Like, just totally sorry. Yeah. So that's kind of what I felt from it. Like a little bit of disappointment, a little bit of understanding, but I love uh, the response from each each man in that scenario and the way that it totally ended when he won the award. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought they were both did pretty well with the situation after it happened. Yeah. Because then it's like, you know, some people end up getting really extreme when uh, when bad words are said. Like uh, Khabib, I was thinking of the UFC, Khabib jumping out into the audience is like, oh, man. Dude. Like, that's that's tough for everybody because it's like, wow, now you got to deal with chaos, like violence, like yeah. something's going to happen. And Will Smith didn't hit him with a fist, so that's good because right. they could have started fighting. Sure. Um, but at the same time, it's like I could also – for, for – Chris Rock, I was like, man, it's it's better than being canceled. At the same time, like these people get dragged through all of the like the news media and like crapped on by everybody and everything else. It's like, mm. uh, you know, for him, it's like, well, I probably like if I was in his position, I was like, eh, I probably deserve to get smacked in the face. <laughs> like, right. I probably did when I stretched a little bit too far, and yeah. that's like the Amen. the risk that you take in comedy. And you can kind of see that in his response, too. He's like, I just got bitch slapped by Will Smith. Yeah. Like, kind of saying, I deserve that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I yeah. thought, I, I still think it is interesting that, like, in a setting like that, you're allowed to hit somebody. I'm like, man, that's for, that's interesting yeah. that, like, you know, sure, you know, that's okay now. And I was like, mm. man, that would not be okay in any other scenario and stuff. And um, so I thought that was interesting, but I, I would never... I would never stand up and slap somebody. I mean, yeah. and I don't think that what he said was like, you know, obviously it was emotional, but like, dude, jokes always have some truth to them and they usually sting a little bit. And like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I didn't think it was that deep, but obviously if it hurt somebody that he cares about and he sees that, then obviously you're going to get a little bit emotional about it and upset. Right. It's um, like, what am I going to do about it? Yeah, but I definitely think the way that they both handled it, I mean, Will was obviously very upset but the way that chris handled it i was actually very impressed with totally. it. i was like dude totally. i was like like the way that he like stayed happy and was like yep i'm not gonna do that again i can't even believe that just happened right like i'm sorry like i did not like he basically was just like yeah dang dude i didn't know that i was actually gonna hurt like i didn't know that i was gonna hurt that bad i right. had no idea so yeah. i don't think that he was intentionally trying to do that it's just sometimes when you say truth or say something that like is really deep then it sucks for people so yeah amen yeah it's true yeah. So, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy has evolved a lot in his life. It's like uh, Dragon Ball Z, you got Frieza, you know, and they're like <laughs> the next installation of Frieza and then the next installation of Frieza. Oh, and it. so you're becoming a more perfect version of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're striving to become a better version of yourself. Talk about your story um, in probably like maybe a 10 minute version mm -hmm. from where you came from mm -hmm. as a kid and then how you were in high school and how you were in college and then how you were in your doctorate and now uh being a husband wow. um talk about that wow. that whole evolution of jimmy 
That was a big uh, start to. <laughs> no, um, so yeah, starting out, I would say my my memory is just this super excited, high energy, selfish kid. I mean, that's that's what I was, and uh, yeah, I I would say that I definitely learned a lot, um, just in the beginning of some of the humble beginnings that I got to have with. Uh, I mean, I've told the story before with my mom, who kind of had to leave when I was like 10, between 10 and 12, I actually don't remember what year, but she went back to Newfoundland, Canada, which is half my genetics, eh? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was super hard, but I think that that allowed me to, yeah, just as good punch in the face, really, and uh, ability to acquire a new lens for others to make sure that they all know that they're acknowledged and that they're loved. So, uh, yeah, I've just appreciated it. And honestly, I, I thank God and I thank my mom for that adversity because it allowed me to develop through that. Um, what was the next stage? Oh, just uh, probably high school. High even. school, sure. Yeah. Well, I, I let's go into middle school, too, because that was kind of when it happened. I noticed uh, the way that I wrestled, um, which is actually one of the first things that I got to do with you when I tried it out in third grade. Tony was my first match, by the way. Um <laughs> Beat me, uh, beat me when I was saying timeout. I didn't know what I was doing, and uh, yeah, beat me fair and square. Jimmy didn't lose by very much, though. He, he had like very little <laughs> four. wrestling Crazy, knowledge, right? yeah. But uh, yeah, so, anyways, just with the wrestling part, um, yeah, that was that's honestly, I don't even know where I was going with that. It's pretty good, good story, right? Well, the the you were probably wrestling really emotionally. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, middle school, I was wrestling emotionally. It's interesting how sports comes out, like, in life, too, because, yeah, like, gosh, you had a lot of turmoil and, like, internal things going on, mm. and so you're, you're probably red-faced, like, emotional, yeah. like, just big motor movements, just trying to smash people because yeah. you're angry about your situation. Mm, well said. So, yeah, that that's actually the point I was trying to make is how I wrestled in middle school was very emotional and, yeah, just, like, taking it out on other people and... Just kind of a cocky little douchebag, to be real. <laughs> um, just kind of a little prick. And I came to that awareness when one of my friends talked to me later on in my life and said, dude, you've changed so much. And I was like, really? Like, I didn't know that I changed that much. Right? And he's like, oh, you're a douchebag, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it's just dude. like how oblivious you can be, right? Because, like, I knew what I wanted for others and for myself. Like, I wanted to help everybody and be super nice, but apparently I wasn't to everybody, especially in the wrestling realm. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of that with middle school. Going into high school, um, it's interesting how, like, your identity changes so many times throughout your life. Um, definitely didn't have Jesus yet. And, I don't know, had a lot of blessings too, man, like with my grandparents and my dad just being in my corner all the time. Um, super thankful for that. And... Also, just trying to belong, I guess, in high school. Like, it's so big for me and wanted to belong. And yeah, you kind of just do stupid things, say stupid things. And in order to fill in, fill in, fit in. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I would say that was kind of my, that, as I look back, I remember my senior year, I thought I ran the school. Like, I thought I was the coolest dude ever. But really inside, I was super insecure. Mm -hmm. And yeah, not not fulfilled and didn't know what I was doing. 
So yeah, I think there's a lot of that in high school. Like everybody yeah. ends up insecure and it's kind of interesting. Even if I've talked to people about our high school reunion and trying to come back and that sort of thing. And some people are like, Oh no, I like, I probably that. won't even come right. back because I don't want to like face those people and stuff. It's like, dude, that happened like 12 years ago. <laughs> like you're still dwelling on that too, yeah, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, also I was thinking of your story. So you went from high school, you got to the end of high school and then you didn't have great grades right. like GPA wise. You started this incredible campaign to get into college, which is actually really impressive from a marketing perspective. It was like Jimmy was doing sales and marketing. You just didn't realize he was doing it. You're sending the wrestling coach videos. You were talking to the general admissions office. You were like, I'm going to get into this school. I'm going to figure it out however I have to. Mm, that's so well said. I guess academically, too. Kindergarten, dude, they didn't want to pass me through. Like, I almost didn't go through with you guys, bro. Because I could not get like my ABCs down, like all this kind of stuff. I really struggled on Adderall, um, Ritalin, Claritin D, like you name it, with my ADHD stuff. Um, but once I got into high school, it's so interesting because I struggled again. Like middle school, I started to figure out in eighth grade, and then I got into freshman year, dude, 2.73 GPA, C plus, mm -hmm. right? Because I get all the homework assignments done, but when it came to the test, I was like, <sighs> right? And uh, yeah, so that's actually, it. I evolved through that though too because my junior and senior year, I had a 3.8. So cumulatively with the stupid two, first two years then the second good two years, I had a 3.3 accumulative, right? And then just like you said, yeah, marketing and going to visits, getting to know the coaches, making sure everybody knows, knows your face and know what they feel like whenever they're around you. Um, yeah, that was definitely the marketing and sales part of that, it was really fun. So Jimmy gets into Wabash College, which is an all boys school. All male. All, all men's. All male. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men's, boys. men's school. <laughs> well, we do go in as boys. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so Jimmy gets into the school, and uh, he's he started wrestling, and uh, he's doing a little bit better grades wise. And then something happens, and uh, his life changes, mm. and things are a little bit different for him, and. Uh, They'll let you tell that. Sure so thing. what happens? Absolutely, bro. Um, yeah, so as you're building that up crescendo type thing, uh, it's funny, it happened again. Like with the starting out sucking, dude, Wabash College is really freaking hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, what? Dude, those private schools are harder. Dude, oh my gosh, it was real way over my head. Again, I had a C-plus average, and then I got in the car accident, and... What happened? Oh, sorry. Well, you don't actually remember much of it, but correct. <laughs> tell correct. us, tell us what, what they it, say. Yeah. No, just, um, what was your question again? I want to make sure that I. Yeah, just just your evolution as a person and how you how you came to be yeah. who you are now. Okay. Part of that was you getting in this car accident. So mm -hmm. you were coming around a corner in a Ford Focus, a tiny car. Yeah. A tiny tiny car. Yeah. Kind of a blind corner. You don't know what happened, but you connected with uh, head on with the equivalent of a Dodge Caravan. It was like a Plymouth Voyager. Gosh, look at you, bro. And <laughs> the front half of your car was basically gone, and it shoved parts of the car back into your body. Yeah. So you broke multiple bones, and then you were you yeah. didn't even know who you were for like two or three weeks. Right. Yeah, no, I, I guess uh, evolution, like evolving-wise evolution. Evolving-wise, um, yeah, academically I was struggling. Wrestling I was struggling too. Um, I shared the varsity spot with the senior at 157. And I got like top five in all the tournaments, like second, but I never got first because it was all up here. If I knew you were good, I would not win. 
I would do really well against you, but I wouldn't win. Super interesting. Um, and then I figure it all out, and then bam, like I get in my car accident, head-on collision, both vehicles are going about 70 miles per hour. Um, and yeah, it, that was deep. Uh, my wrist, ulna and radius came through my arm here, broke off. Wrist was powder, so I got a plate here, a plate here, rod that goes through here, 12 pins and screws, collarbone broke off the sternum, punctured my lung. Engine was in the front seat with me, so smashed my leg. Um, concussion with eight brain bleeds, like the list goes on. So uh, yeah, that was super difficult. Um, but I would say that that adversity again, it's hard to say like for me because somebody passed away. Um, unfortunately, the, the guy that was driving the other vehicle had some issues with jail and stuff. And then he was dating a grandma that was in the passenger seat that wasn't wearing her seatbelt and she went through the windshield and she passed away. So it's like a really, really hard one to swallow. And it still is today. Um, so yeah, that it's hard to just say like that happened for you and like, yeah. So anyways, that, uh, that was a part of evolving for sure though, because I went from freak status of stronger, faster than I've ever been in my whole life to literally nothing. I was 187 pounds of super strong benching 305 times, repping out hundred pushups, running 540 miles, like just the best I've ever been to 187 to 140. And I was literally a skeleton. And one of my buddies, Chad Barrett, just a little shout out to you if you're watching this. <laughs> he carried me upstairs every day because they put me on the second floor of this little Morris Hall thing over the summer where the professors came to meet with me over, the, over their summer to help me make up my classes. Carried me up two flights of stairs and put me to bed and helped me wipe my butt, like all the super vulnerable stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess that, that humility um, is something that allowed me to acquire that posture and live with gratitude from that day on. So you went through this, it was basically an ego death because you lost mm -hmm. part of your identity. Totally. And then uh, that kind of inspired you to get into occupational therapy a little bit, right. which is pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, talk about your um, faith then mm. and purpose after that. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Um, so faith and purpose. I always knew of God before my car accident. I was taught when I was super little to say prayers before bed, before meals, and ask God into your heart, and you're good to go. Be a good person. Work on it, right? I didn't even know who Jesus was. Um, so yeah, then I uh, basically went through those motions. Um, didn't really go to church. Parents didn't do that and stuff. But uh, yeah, I met Josh Sampson, who was my roommate in college. Crazy divine appointment, right? Turns out he was a licensed minister. <laughs> and he's always sharing God with me and like just parts of scripture that I totally didn't understand and tell me who Jesus was. And I was like, whoa, really? And so, yeah, my salvation came through when I was after my car accident, um, when I was during recovery back up to like maybe 149 in my Hemi Walker. Um, they brought me to this church in Indianapolis. And the way they explained it to me was, Bro, here's you, here's, here's you and me, here's God, perfect, sovereign, and holy. Wages of sin is death. We all suck, right? <laughs> We're all sinners, so Jesus died for that, bro. And if you accept that with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you, you have the opportunity to, to live with him um, in paradise forever in the next. And that's a super paraphrased version. On my ring here, it's actually Mark 12, 30, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Um, and kind of goes into scripture with that, but... That's kind of how my faith started with my salvation. 
um, I went on my knees there and just said, God, I, I accept you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I no longer want to live for me. I want to live for you because I've learned now that love is selfless, not selfish. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of my salvation. And I've been on the process of what's called progressive sanctification ever since. And to sanctify is to become more and more like Christ. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> super hard to, to be like Jesus, but that's the opportunity. So that's kind of been my faith journey. Um, been a lot of ups and downs through that, too. But uh, that's what I'm thankful for, honestly, is just that even though I left him, he never left me. So Awesome. Yeah. Are you saved? <laughs> Yeah, do you, you want me to say that part? Yeah, tell that story. <laughs> okay, all right. So, uh, so when Josh Sampson brought me to this little church in Indianapolis, uh, there's two sessions because Josh was actually doing the second one. So we went to the first one, shaking hands with everybody, super small church. Last guy grabs me by the face. He goes, are you saved? I was like, I think so. <laughs> he's like, you got to know. I was like, all right, dude, freaking weirdo. And I told Sampson about it. He's like, bro, he's like, he's right. I was like, what do you mean he's right? And that's when he explained to me the, the part of salvation. But uh, after I did give my life over to Christ, that same man, like everybody, when I was like giving my life over to Christ in that moment, people were like around me like singing, why not tonight? That's all I remember. I don't actually know what the song was, but they were singing that, crying, all this kind of stuff. And everybody's hugging me afterwards and stuff like congratulations and all that type of just uh, support. And then that guy talked to me again. And he grabbed me by the face again. It's just how he does it. He's like, uh, the devil's going to try to tell you that that wasn't real. But if it was, I want you to know that it was. Live it out. Wow. Thank you. And at first I was like, all right, you're still weird. <laughs> but uh, totally get what he's saying now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, trying to think of where to go from here. Why, why wrestling? Make a case for wrestling, Jim. We, you and I believe it's the best sport. Dakota's on the fence. He, he likes to strike a little bit more. Wrestling's a great sport. Why, why do you have a wrestling academy? Why, even, why do it? You don't make that much money off of it. You make more money with the, the occupational therapy and that totally. sort of thing. But why is wrestling so important? Yeah. Why is it so important to you? Absolutely. Um, so why it's so important to me is what it's taught me just through grit, um, discipline, dedication, commitment, being all in with something. Um, yeah, and I've seen what happens when you are all in and what happens when you're not based off results with my matches and wrestling different, just absolute studs. So, uh, yeah, I think that learning that type of work ethic and everything else, that can still be achieved through boxing, by the way. It can be achieved through gymnastics. It can be achieved through swimming. All those times, I think that's just my special experience. And... What I promote to people now is to come into the wrestling academy regardless of your age. Like if you're 29 year old, you never wrestled in your life, come on in and learn your center of gravity. Learn how to control yourself so that way you can then control other people if something happens. Um, and then with just the fact that you can learn too, like when you have that type of confidence, you're walking into a bar or whatever it is, like I literally, unless you have a gun, like I don't care. Um, and that type of confidence is, I don't know, special to me. I feel secure. I feel safe. And I feel like I have the ability to protect anybody around me. Um, so, yeah, that's just uh, that's what I would promote to anybody else is if you want to learn your center of gravity, different types of risk control, 
holds um, position. We always say pressure to the position before the submission, even though we don't submit people. <laughs> but if you're in my cradle or Brahma's front head, you're going to want to be submitted. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of just uh, what I would say with wrestling and what it can give to you is that awareness, because that's one thing that I say with my life coaching and the Wrestling Academy as well. They both kind of go hand in hand and powered by three. So mindset, wrestling, and uh, nutrition. So those three pillars, if one of those is knocked out, the stool's going to go down. So uh, I kind of just use that approach. Um, so yeah, with that type of a mindset change, physical change, and nourishment, you can definitely achieve a lot. And when you're cutting weight the right way, which I actually recommend nobody cut weight, just saying, like enjoy wrestling instead of the scale. So it's been pretty fun. There's something else there too. I think I think wrestling's really cool because a lot of people in high school do it, but it's one of those where it's not necessarily uh this is more of an extreme view actually. It's not necessarily about respect. It's more about domination because sure. if you have a spot and you've had it for four years, but a freshman comes in and beats you, they get that spot. Right. So it's very uh, like you have to face objective reality continuously. It's about extreme ownership and other sports are like that too. Like Dakota was a boxer, you know, it's all up to you. That's pretty much it. If you leave it up to the ref, it's kind of your fault. Right. And um, so those sports that are just you versus the other guy, especially combat sports uh, end up causing you to take a lot of personal responsibility for your situation. If you're going to get better and you're going to win consistently, then you need to be able to prove it. Mm. Um, also, I there's an awesome quote that uh, I want to say. It's the society that separates its scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. Mm. And uh, I think that's important to, to, like Jimmy was alluding to, combat sports are powerful in confidence and teaching you life lessons and then causing you to take personal responsibility for your situation Amen. so that's really well said yeah no timeouts no substitutions <laughs> like it's all on you yeah what an opportunity right yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say I wanted to talk about like uh, obviously you got a lot of uh, physical abilities, but I mean I've talked to you a lot about this. Like you know, obviously cutting weight is not great for your physical, but like the amount of mental strength Combined. that you've mm -hmm. built from that is ridiculous. So mm -hmm. like, did you always have this mindset of like, dude, I'm gonna win, or like you know I know you talked about earlier that you know you got second because of your mindset. Like, how did you actually sh change that in your mind or shift that? Because like, I think that mindset is the most important thing. And I've noticed that mm. my mindset has been very good from a young age, like not necessarily perfect, but like I've had a lot of confidence and a lot of belief in myself. Mm. And so it's hard for me to help people change that in themselves who right. don't have a lot of belief. Cause I see that's a very big common mm. like thread is like a lot of people don't have a lot of self-confidence. Yeah. So how did you change that for yourself? That. Or like, did you always kind of have that? That's such a good question, man. Um, it's, I think it really has to do with becoming instead of just doing, right? So the belief system. So what I focused on was doing, doing, doing. I worked, in my perspective, truly, I felt that I worked harder than anybody in the East Noble Room. Um, I, I was there first, I was there last, and then I did workouts of everybody else like I really really did do 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 everything that I thought was the best but I didn't do enough on becoming because I had not convinced myself that I was the best if I knew that you were good I'd probably lose to you by 
two or four points. Um, if I didn't, it's funny when I wrestled for, uh, I was on a Ohio team, um, with coach Knapp and Taylor March. Dang. And it was super awesome. And I actually beat everybody and I beat a lot of state champs, but I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Had they told me who that guy was, I don't think I would have won because of my belief system. Right. I didn't, uh, didn't truly believe that I had what it took and that, you know, they work hard too, all that type of stuff. So I guess when you focus on your beingness and the confidence, like you, I can, I tell all my wrestlers, you can beat me. Will you? Probably not, but you surely can. Mm -hmm. Like you have to understand it's we possible. all have the capacity, right. but it is totally possible to just wreck lives, you know, mm -hmm. in the best way possible. Um, that speaking of that too, I mean, one of the things I like to say with belief, just a quick story. Um, my favorite one with the belief system is like, it all comes down to your BS and not, not bull pucky, but belief system. Right. And, uh, what that comes with is like, if you look at the history before the 1950s, they believed that the human could not run a mile in less than four minutes. And then Roger Bannister goes as and does it in 1954. Well, what the heck happens after that? 20,000 more people did it in the same year, including high school kids. So what changed? Belief, mm -hmm. right? The fact that it's possible. And that just, I mean, dumbfounds me. I, I really wish I could have heard that when I was younger. But uh, I know it now, and that's my opportunity to share that and all of ours too. So I, that's what I would say with the belief system, just on I did not have all the belief. Even when I was, like, wrestling more from emotion and, like, winning the matches then, I still didn't have the belief. I didn't have the belief until, unfortunately, it was too late. And then um, how, how did you change that? Like, yeah. how do you actually think that you went about that? Yeah, I borrowed someone else's belief in me, uh, Coach Irwin, mm -hmm. actually. Coach Irwin, Coach Anderson, shout out to them. Um, their belief in me really uh, convinced me. Mm. And so I started wrestling with Coach like 10 o'clock at night, like just freak status, like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. And Coach Irwin is so good. So is Coach Anderson. I was smashing him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I actually, sorry, Coach, for your knee, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, fun. But, uh, no, seriously, like, just wrestling them and doing all the individual attention that they gave me, like, I was finally starting to have success even against them, mm -hmm. like, my mentors. Um, and then, like, any recruit they had, they'd come in, they brought them with me because they knew I would get, they would get a workout in and we'd wrestle, right? And so that was, that was what it was like. And then all of a sudden my car accident happened and, yeah, I still had the belief that I could come back and do it because I, I had I had finally got the belief. I bought somebody else's belief in me until I believed in myself. Mm -hmm. That was super beautiful, and that's why in my mission statement, encouragement is a part of that. Yeah, like we don't understand like how important that is to encourage somebody. The fact that courage is in that word, right? Um, so yeah, it almost gets me emotional just talking about it. Yeah, but just the fact that yeah, they believed in me, and I still tried to come back to become the NCAA championship that I knew I could be. It's just the biomechanics didn't really go with me on that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think uh, that's that's where it's at. And now it's transitioned over to my life with everything else that I do with my marriage, my relationship with friends. Like I know that I can provide value with, with the love and light that God has given me. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was going to ask about... Um, you know, like I've heard two different sides of that. And dude, I, I, I completely agree with that. Like, I think that I can give people like the belief. I'm like, no, 
you can do this and I know you can like right. you're you're gonna get this and so That's like so yeah and I think I think you do a really got good job like probably better than most and you've helped influence like me and I know a lot of other people to help encourage other people too Here's because there's a lot of times that you know I saw it in people I wouldn't say it because I felt self-conscious about myself dude I didn't have the self-confidence to go and say it too so you have to have some confidence to actually like let that person know what you see in them as well wow. which is very difficult so yeah Big thank you for like just being that encouragement, being that light. That way we can go and spread it Amen. too. So that's very important. So like I'm always telling people, man, like uh, I had a friend of mine that actually uh, came up to me in the gym. You know who it is. I don't want to say any names or anything like that, but he just let me know. He's like, hey, man, I'm going out to first form here soon, and uh, um, I'm actually going out there for a job interview, and I just want to let you know. And he did, he came up to me, mm. and then he's like, hey, man, I, I didn't want to like you know ruin your workout or anything like that I just want to let you know and like he walked away like he was like embarrassed and felt like he was bragging and mm -hmm. I told him afterwards and like dude everything was fighting me not to tell him I was like dude I don't want to go up and tell this guy and now I'm gonna feel weird if I tell him but I was like dude I just want to let you know that I do want to know about what's going on in your life I do care and I'm proud of you man and I want to let you know that there, everybody else cares too so yeah. like don't be scared to let other people know what you're doing because like dude we we like to see stuff like that mm -hmm. and I know other people want to see that too so um, but what I was gonna say was uh, there's there's like I see Andy Frisella he talks about like dude nobody's gonna believe in you until you actually do something mm -hmm. and then like you know and then you can borrow the belief from other people so I guess like how do you actually do you know like a tangible way to get that belief from somebody if you haven't accomplished anything yet or haven't done anything or like how do you really get that belief or is it just surrounding yourself with the right people or what do you think mm. is like the the way to do it yeah gosh that's a good question i wish there was a solid one answer to yeah <laughs> but it is that it is you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with so sometimes if they say every dud knows a stud but like you can actually Go find your studs and other people in your life. And as soon as you start to become that, that's when you'll attract that too. Um, and just pray about it. Yeah. That's that's what I would say. Um, just pray about it. And repetition is the mother of skill and the father of success. So like repetition, literally training your brain and like a muscle to believe whatever it is that you need to figure out, like that is going to take some time. Mm -hmm. But if you can recognize that, okay, every single day, I'm going to start to train my focus and have this paradigm shift to where I can actually change the focus on whatever I'm thinking about, right? To enhance my belief, which will reflect in my attitude. That'll, that'll change everything. Yeah. So I guess that's the, how you view things is how you do things and where focus goes, energy flows. Yep. So like just those phrases alone, I know I'm a phrase guy, but there's also scripture and that's those phrases and those scriptures have helped me maximize my offensive life. So like just understanding those those not scriptures <laughs> phrases where focus goes energy flows how you view things is how you do things just saying that to yourself and reflecting for a moment like oh my gosh like <laughs> the way that i'm showing up right now is that with my standards of what i've created now because you can change your standards whenever you want mm -hmm. right just as ed Milet says you don't get your goals you get your standards mm -hmm. and i think that when you start to change the expectations for yourself and how you're going to operate and live and love life it gets pretty awesome yeah do so. you think so this is something like uh i guess another one more question about this and then we'll, we'll go on to another something else but uh um do you think that the opposite is also true then like just mm -hmm. like somebody can see the confidence in you and help build that do you think that other people can tear it down if you're surrounding yourself with the oh, wrong people absolutely absolutely yeah 
you hang out with dogs, you get fleas. You hang out with turds, you start smelling like crap, right? Yeah. And it, it's so interesting. I, I hate to say that because everybody has potential. Yeah. But some people are so built in into their own BS and they're so insecure when you start to create a different BS mm -hmm. that they're like, oh no, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Do you recognize the threats, the risks that you're about to endure? And it's like, man, I guess I didn't think about that, right? And then you just change your thought and your focus, right? Mm -hmm. um, just like some people are news outlets too. Like, oh, did you hear about this thing that doesn't really affect you, but it makes you freaking really stressed and like sad? <laughs> well, we have a really good example of that, but we're not gonna mention Okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. But. It's, my, it's just my mom. Oh, gotcha. Well, I mean, oh, we can mention it. Yeah, <laughs> she she always sends me something anywhere Sweet we're Tammy. traveling. Sweet team. Dude, so so we're literally going to Miami like five days ago. Okay. And uh, um, we're going there and, you know. Spring break. Day, shut yeah, down. Day before the trip, she sends that into a group chat to me and Tony just spring break shut down police go shut down miami beach not allowed to go there i was like i just literally text her back thanks for your encouragement <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that's literally what i said but literally what i really wanted to say so if you're watching this tammy this is really what i wanted to say to you but i didn't want to spend the time to do it i wanted to say did you do this and then go into google bad things happening in miami that's what i wanted to right. ask her if that's what she's right. doing it's like what's happening bad mm. there that i can let them know about so wow um yeah it's pretty funny <laughs> i mean but, that's that's again real quick just with scripture like, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open to you. Yeah. I've had some of like the closest people in my life, like with network marketing, isogenics, all that type of stuff, they found what they sought for, mm -hmm. right? They looked for problems, mother, father, I wonder what came up, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like if, and that's also too with us as friends and family members, relationships, like if I'm looking for problems with you, like that's what I'm gonna find. Why don't I look for instead the light, the love, and the solutions, or what you do well, and then like take the plank out of my own eye, so that I can see your spec and like work with you on that. Yep. You know, yeah. dude, I literally listened to a podcast this morning with uh, it was Sean White, and dude, if you guys know who Sean White is, he's beast. like, yeah, he's he's a yeah. beast at everything, <laughs> snowboarding. I mean. Uh, skateboarding like he's done a lot of big things but his mindset is something that he didn't even know that he had and that's why I thought like I was like man maybe I did have this from a young age like I always knew I was like dude I'm going to be able to do this I don't know if it was like built in me or my parents did it so I don't know if they influenced because they always did tell me like sure. hey I didn't accomplish everything but I know that you can because you guys are smart you're great all this stuff and like they did encourage us even though like my childhood wasn't great but the way you frame things is very important just like you said the way that you're framing it was important mm -hmm. but something that he said was whenever he watched people like um mess up whenever he's watching them do a run he's literally like okay well they messed up now it's my turn to shine and like i'm gonna do really good or if he saw them do really good he's like okay they did really good i gotta outdo that like so no matter right. what happened he's framing it in a way that is good and mm -hmm. i try to do the same thing in sales and i tell andrew i'm like dude that's the way i frame my sales is oh you're not interested i'm so freaking happy that you told me that because now i can take you off the list oh you're interested that's awesome because that actually helps us to move forward with our business so no matter what happens i'm excited to get to there yes. and i just am excited every single time so as long as you can frame things in a way that's it's always good yeah you're gonna have a pretty dang good life amen brother yeah i mean that's kind of like one of my favorite subjects too whether it's abundance life coaching therapy relationship empowered by three wrestling academy whatever it is we talk about problems versus opportunities, mm -hmm. right? And it's, they are the exact same thing. It's just how you frame it in your mind. Yep. Like you tell me that I'm weak. 
perfect. Thank you, actually, that you are that confident and able to come at me and tell me that I'm weak in this area. So first off, thanks for being a real friend. Second off, what an opportunity for me to freaking show you what I got. And then also show myself what I can achieve too, mm -hmm. right? I mean, gosh, it, it literally goes into every single thing. Um, so yeah, just want to figure I'd share that. It's really yeah. exciting. Yeah. So uh, before we get into this next question, I just want to say, for the record, my mom is a wonderful mom. Yes. Amen. Oh, yeah. She she is. She's, yeah. She's, she's, she's a super sweet, supportive person. Amen. All the time, dude. I remember I remember when uh, uh, his mom bought me a jacket. I don't know if you ever heard that story. But, like, dude, I never wore a jacket. One, because I was, like, broke and I didn't, I couldn't afford one. But then, two, like, I wasn't going to wear one of those freaking old Carhartt-looking, like, piece of crap <laughs> ones. So, like, Tony's mom was like, all right, like, if I take you to the mall are you, like, and get you a jacket, will you actually wear it? I'm like, yeah, as long as it's one that I like. So oh. she took me to the mall and got me a $110 jacket. And, dude, I wore that thing until it, like, <laughs> got ragged. But, like, that was my winter jacket. And I wow. remember, like, yeah, she was, she was, uh very welcoming whenever i first came in dude like totally. nobody was welcoming to me i had long hair i had piercings everywhere yeah. like dude i remember sometimes people would like see me and they're like get that kid out of here you know what i mean and uh tony's mom was super welcoming asked me questions and stuff so yeah she she is awesome yeah totally what an opportunity <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about the five people that you surround yourself with um Dakota always told me that our friends were different, and I was like, ah, I don't know if we're that different. And like, I don't know. And I'm starting to believe it more and more mm -hmm. as we're starting to accomplish things <laughs> and spending a lot more time with each other. Uh, what's different about our friends? Mm -hmm. or, or what do you think is cool about our friends group? Yeah. So, I mean, what I would say is just the diversity, just like we said, how different our friends are. Um, it's funny, like, I don't know when I adopted this into my mindset, but just I don't have a best friend, right? Like even my wife, right? Like she's the closest one that I have, but I'm never going to say best friend because I don't have a best one. Like you aren't above you and you aren't above you. Like literally there are so many qualities and characteristics about Dakota that I love and admire and everything, right? And then the same thing with you. So like the fact that like if you look at my our wedding, Sarah and I's wedding, like the, the, the line of men that were in that were very freaking diverse, right? You got Andy Walsh, you got Dakota Bailey, you got Tony Moore, you got my brother Tyler, like <laughs> <laughs> just all these different kinds of people. Um, even some that, you know, couldn't show up, not saying any names, <laughs> but uh, even though people that didn't show up, they're still like high caliber friends to me, right? Um, so yeah, I would say that the, the difference in all of them is that they're open. Um, mm -hmm. the, or not the difference, the, the similarities between all of them is that they're, they're pretty open, um, to, to grow. Um, so yeah, that's what I think is the common characteristic that if we can all be open to growing, like it's amazing what we can all achieve together. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I think that like, uh, I mean just us, I think we're all pretty self-aware, but that comes from like trying to develop that. Like, it's mm -hmm. not just like, oh, we like mm -hmm. grew and oh, we're self-aware now. Like, no, we are always striving to be more self-aware. That's why we we uh, went to PSI and, like, uh, um, we actually brought yeah. it here. And, like, we're continuing to always try yeah. to grow. Like, we're not done growing Amen. ever. Um, and that's something that I've definitely noticed that's different about us. Mm, for sure. Yeah. You got anything you have to say about our friends, Tony? I think I think Dakota covered it pretty well. Yeah. I, that's That was kind of the direction that I was going to go. It's just nice. uh, that. You believe we're different now? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you know the Instagram post. There's always one that comes through every so often that people reshare. That's like if your friends aren't talking about businesses and stocks and growth and entrepreneurship and this and that and the other thing, then you're in the wrong group of friends because they're talking about partying and who they can sleep with mm, and what a good wow. time they had last night and that sort of thing. Like there's mm-hmm. the social currency things where sure. they're like posting pictures of their booty on Instagram and it's not even for a fitness page. Right. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking of. It's just like, you nice. you know, you're the, the uh, some of the five people that you surround yourself with, mm. well, we all have some ambitions and some goals and a purpose and a vision. Amen. And but that's not, important. Yeah, but not just like the same way that I see other people either. It's not just like, dude, we're not just all about money or we're not just all about fitness or we're not just all about like one particular thing. Like, dude, we're trying like or like even Christianity, like I see people go too far. And like that's going to sound really weird to my fellow Christians. So let me explain. Oh, yeah. um, uh, like they'll go too far with Christianity where they're like, oh, I can't go to that seminar because it's not held by Christians. It's like, OK, did you like like, yeah, did you? Like, did you just like listen to any, you know, what do they call that? Uh, whenever it's secular, yeah, secular music. They say like, okay, you went to a non-secular job. Like, like you can go too far with like, like, oh, I'm only going to do this one thing and I'm only going to stay out of it. But, uh, I would say that like, we all try to have a balanced life. That's like health. That's, that's spirituality. That's wealth. That's like everything. Like, I feel like we're all chasing like, yeah, the, the big part of life, like the real, like we look at the big picture. We're not just hyper-focused on one area because dude, everybody can do well in one area. Mm-hmm. And I believe that without a doubt. And you see people that get a lot of notoriety for being super good in one area, but that's not what any of us want. And we always check each other on that. It's like, dude, where's your heart at? Mm-hmm. Like right now. And like, totally. I've had, I've had Ed check me on that. You know, where I'm like, I really want to like, I really want to prove this agent wrong. He's like, well, dude, where's your heart at? I'm like, you know what? Okay, you're right. Let me throw this piece of paper away. I'm not going to do that anymore. So, um, yeah, I think that that's a big difference, too, is that it's not just one area of our life that we're trying to grow. And we're trying to grow in every area. Amen. Amen, brother. So uh, one of the life principles that you have, Jim, that's a little unique is uh, that you have a vision of who you want to be. And uh, sort of like going back to doing and becoming, you consistently act the way that you'd like to be. And uh, I just wondered if you wanted to talk about that principle. Why is that important? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, my goal, my standard is Jesus. So, I mean, I'm, I'm falling short all the time, but I'm always working to try to get closer and closer to him and how he loved and finished this race. Um, it's so interesting too, speaking of like openness, like it's awareness before change, change before transformation, right? And so as I look at that, like where, where's the balance in that too? Because if I, if I wanna operate from this, to try to pers- pers- pursue that, that's my destination, right? That's why I don't keep walking back to the sin mm-hmm. because I actually have a destination of where I'm going. I can always look to him. But like, as I look at that, that balance, it's like, man, just such an opportunity to when you don't like the judgment, I guess, too. like once you start doing really stinking well, you kind of like get entitled and start thinking that you deserve this, this or that or um, that like you're better than other people. And it's so not true. It's like, bro, like you were there last week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just like 
also recognizing the opportunity when you do go into environments like that, again, balance. Like I'm not, a, not saying like go try to show love and light in a nightclub like every freaking weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like if all your friends want to go pursue that, maybe it's time to flex just a little bit and like see how you can find an opportunity in that, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. And yeah, it's such a balance too, though, like we said, like getting the, if you change the input, you change the output, right? And that's such a general thing, but so important. So yeah, it's definitely good to be cognizant of what the input is and to come back to your question <laughs> um, of, it was just basically about standards, right? Yeah. My standards. Mm-hmm. So I would say that it honestly always comes down to my mission statement. Um, that's something that has like served me probably better than I could ever ask since I was uh, 2011. Like after that year is when I finally figured out like what purpose is. And so my purpose is to love God and love others by being, notice it's being, not doing, being A, and then you lift those things off. And so mine is compassionate, passionate, empowered, abundant, playful, wild, encouraging, impactful. I'm probably th- leaving some out. Um, but all of those being words, wild, <laughs> uh, being those things to like example of the limitless possibilities that God has for us when we figure out what life is all about. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's so much bigger than me. I am literally a speck of sand, but I'm also like this huge thing of light. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't even matter. <laughs> but but what do. I do and how I love so totally matters at the same time. Yeah, for right? eternity. Forever. Yeah. Like that's what we want to do is we want to make an impact on eternity, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't even mean that I have to say like, do you know Jesus? Right? Are you saved? I don't mm-hmm. have to say that. It's just the way that I love you. Right. You feel it. Right? I mean, what is that saying? They, they won't remember what you did or said. They'll remember how you made them feel. Right. And again, feelings are fleeting. But it's powerful when someone moves you with love. Mm-hmm. So, and consistently. Consistently. Consistently, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, mm. I'll say that's, uh, that's one thing that I always uh, uh, struggle with. And, like, I've talked to Tony a lot about is, like, how do you rationalize in your mind or, like, actually, like, be okay with it? You're like, okay. You know, I'm I'm here. This is me. This is who I am. Mm. This is who I want to be. And so whenever I am trying to be like this person, I feel inauthentic because I'm not that person yet. Mm. So now you feel like, oh, I'm trying to become this person. But now I feel like it like might be like I'm lying to myself. Fake. Yeah, you feel fake like you're putting on an act. But it's like, no, that's who I want to be. So how do you actually uh, like fight yourself on that to become the person that you want to be, but then at the same time still be your authentic self? Like, how do you rationalize that? Amen. Great question. Gosh, I love it. Um, If you act the way that you want to feel, eventually you will feel the way that you act. And also recognize, like, if I'm acting a way that I'm not used to, that is not fake, right? Especially if I'm checking my motives and where it's coming from and what it's going to do, create for me, and others, bro, it's okay that it's not usual, mm-hmm. right? It will become authentic, actually. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I would say to that is just like recognize like it's okay for it to feel weird at first. Yep. Right. And it doesn't have to be toxic or fake. Like, yeah, just yeah. kind of consider consider the morals, the standards, and what you can do to to do your best to be your best. 
right? Yeah. And that's what I try to remind myself is like, no, like I'm choosing to become this person. Yes. It is still me, even though it feels weird. Mm. It is still me choosing to become this way. Cause like I said, I mean, like you influenced me a lot to actually encourage people. And that was not something that I usually did. It's still something that I thought though. Mm. I just never spoke it out loud because of my own self-confidence. Uh, so I wouldn't share it with people because it made me feel weird. Mm. So I was like, now I feel weird not sharing it. So then I felt in inauthentic sharing it with other people, mm. even though it's like, no, I'm not being inauthentic. Those yeah. are how I actually feel. I just wasn't used to expressing it. So like, it was always hard for me to rationalize. Am I being me still? Or am I not being me, but I'm still choosing to become that person. So it's just mm. something that I struggle with a lot, at least yeah. thinking through it. Totally. What an opportunity, right? Yeah. Gosh, dang. That's awesome. It's beautiful. Jimmy, you have a wife. Amen. <laughs> Sarah Boo, Sarah Baby, yeah, whatever. What do you guys call each other? Babers. Babers. Mm -hmm. You guys have uh, a good relationship. Yes. Uh, we need one piece of relationship advice for audience here what's mm. your biggest uh relationship advice totally i would say gosh man and i don't want to come off a certain way to anybody that has you know traditional ways of looking at things or the schemas that they've built up in their heads um i'm just saying i've heard so many people say like she's always right <laughs> no she's not <laughs> happy wife happy <laughs> life <laughs> it's like dude what and then I've even heard uh, the other sayings, too, where it's the other way around. It's like, no, bro, like, that's not it at all. Mm -hmm. Like, we are called to submit to each other and be the best team that we could ever be. We're the same jerseys on the same team. So it's like, yeah. I mean, somebody actually told me, like, in the midst of Sarah and I discussing something. By the way, I can honestly say, like, we've maybe had one argument in our whole, whole relationship. Um, but I would say that through our discussions we were having a discussion and someone said, uh, Hey, don't forget who the boss is. Right. Cause he just adopted that mentality with his wife and everything else. And I said, she may be the boss, but I'm the owner. Right. And so like, whether she's the owner or I'm the boss, it doesn't matter. Like we're a team. It doesn't matter which one's the team captain in the moment. Right. I think that I'm called to be the spiritual head of of our relationship and be the leader like i'm usually the team captain but there's times where she is more skilled in an area and it's time for me to step down and like respect that and love her and support her and encourage her through it mm -hmm. so that's uh yeah i'm surprised you didn't hit him with uh oh yeah you mean god <laughs> oh well I, that's so what i just said though is operating through scripture to submit to each other, yeah, yeah. right? And Matthew 6.33, speaking of God, mm -hmm. would be the, the scripture that I have for people, and that's to seek first his kingdom and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Yeah. yeah, so like literally, so many people, there's codependency. Gosh, sorry, you talking about relationships, it gets me really excited. But codependency always happens. Like, oh my gosh, like, you make me feel so good, right? Stop, that's great. But like, don't just depend upon that. You are not responsible for how I feel, right? I am. And so one of the first things that I said to my, my wife, who was not even my girlfriend at the time, I mean, some people say we were dating, but we weren't. We waited six months <laughs> to actually date. And I told her, I said, I wanna let you know, like, I don't need you, I want you. And it's always gonna be like that, right? Because if I wake up and make a conscious choice that I want you and that I love you, it's gonna be a heck of a ride, right? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, if you look at math, 
Dakota. I love some of the best math dudes I know. Um, <laughs> so are you, Tony. You guys are so intelligent. But anyways, um, if we look at the math, a lot of people say that person completes me. Okay, so if it's 50% plus 50%, like we're always leaning into each other and depending on each other. No, it shouldn't be like that. You should be 100%. I should be 100%. That's 200%. That's the best mm -hmm. team ever, right? We can actually fight together. We can we can love together. We can we can pursue this life together and maximize it. And uh, yeah, I think that's what it's about. It's going to be a lot of difficulty or opportunity, however you see it, right? Um, I actually just had a good uh, aha moment yesterday, just talking about taxes and all that kind of stuff, and with my sweet wife um, being a co-owner of Abundance Life Coaching. It's like, man, like, it's my baby. You know, that's, that's me. That's, that's me. It's like, what, dude? Are you that, like, much of an ego prick, right? And I recognize, like, no, like, she's my teammate. She's who I'm doing this life with forever. Like, that, that initial thought of just, like, no, I want it to be all mine was so selfish, right? And it was so, like, entitled and scarcity mindset. Whereas when I thought, no, like, this is my wife. We're going to be together forever. We're going to rock this thing, you know? Let's figure it out. That I moved into abundance, and it was a beautiful thing. So that was literally yesterday. But that's, that's marriage. That's life. That's relationships. Mm -hmm. There's going to be ups and downs, and you've got to communicate effectively. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to say uh, one thing that I thought that I always thought was funny uh, in your guys' relationship when it first started, and now I see like, oh, that makes a lot of sense actually, and I thought it was a really good thing, mm -hmm. is that you were always like, yeah, gonna be going out with Sarah, we're gonna talk about expectations. <laughs> and then the next day, you're like, yep, Sarah and I are gonna go over expectations. And then the next week, you're like, yes, yeah, Sarah and I are gonna go talk about some expectations. I was oh like, holy gosh, crap, dude, yeah, it. dude, you talked about it. Like yes. you, the whole like time you were dating her, you guys were talking about expectations, which I think, mm. you know, helped, you know, find out if like, hey, is this both where we wanna go? Is mm. this a relationship that we both wow. wanna be in? Are we pursuing the same thing? So mm. back then I was like, man, that's so interesting <laughs> that you could talk about it for that long. But it is very important mm. whenever you're getting into a relationship to talk about your expectations because everybody has them. Like Amen. and like to talk about like, you know, what you can meet, what you're going to meet, and like their expectations like that you're gonna give them. And like same yeah. thing, like not just what you want from the relationship, but what you're going to give and make sure that it's mm. like the same thing as well. But wow. um yeah. One question that I did have that you talked about, and this is something that I struggle with a lot because like I've been married as well. Um, and I don't know if you ever even struggle with this and I don't know if it's something you want to talk about on camera, but I'll ask you anyway and you can let me know. I'm down. Um, you talked about like, you know, I wake up and, you know, I don't need you. I want you. What what do you do? And it has this ever happened. What if you wake up and you don't want that person anymore? Mm, yeah, that's a hard question. Have you ever experienced it or like in a relationship, it doesn't have to be your wife now, but like, yeah. let's just say from a relationship, even a relationship standpoint, obviously like we have our beliefs on Christianity as mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. but let's just say like, you know, you don't have that desire anymore. Yeah. Like you wake up one day and you're like, I don't want this anymore. Cause like, that's, mm. that's a fear of mine. And I felt it and totally. Yeah. So yeah, gosh, that is so heavy. And thank you for your vulnerability to share that. Um, I would say that, uh, man, like, a lot of times when there's no desire, it's because fear is involved, right? And so it could be your, your own, like, fear of acceptance or whatever. Like, you don't feel like it's being communicated well, whatever it is, right? 
And something I've learned is that there's no fear in love. Like, I've asked a lot of people that question, like, do you think that there's fear in love? And someone will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you care. I'm like, no. Actually, like, perfect love casts out fear, right? Now, people are like, well, God says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, <laughs> right? Yes, fearfully in, ter in, in, in terms of talking about reverence for, respect for God, not fear and like, whoa, like, gosh, I'm like scared, right? It's more like in awe, right? So just to come back to that with waking up one morning, like, feeling like, man, dude, I don't know about this, right? It's like, wow, well, like, where else is that showing up in my life? Like, am I, am I showing up for me developing myself to the best version of myself? And like, I've been missing out on that so much with my own integrity and my, my own truth, like that I've learned from God and like all those types of things to where I'm so freaking off course that I've decided to no longer love you, right? Mm -hmm. Because actually, I feel like when someone makes that decision that they don't love somebody anymore, like... Man. Not even not love, but just like desire or want them anymore. Sure. Because like sometimes I think you can still love without wanting them. Yeah. Amen. I think that's where creativity, like on extreme ownership of that comes into play. Like, dude, you know how to make a fire, right? Put some freaking wood on that, right? Mm -hmm. but what if it's like frozen, right? put some gasoline on it, okay? Mm -hmm. And then you freaking light that sucker up. So what I'm saying is like, I, I, I respect that the desire may not always be there, um, but what's so interesting is that receivers are sometimes just not working. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, seriously, uh, like desire, I think, is something that can actually be fostered. It's weird. Um, like impulses, impulses happen, mm -hmm. right? But my opportunity to react or respond to that impulse is totally up to me. Where I think first, right? I deny myself, and then I find a way to show love. And what happens in the act of love is that that fire starts again. I'm like, oh my gosh, I do freaking love you, mm -hmm. right? Because like, dude, we're we're we suck, bro. Like, I mean, I do. I know that my thought life is so bizarre. Like, why in the world are you thinking of that, right? And then stop. Change it. It's cool. You can change it right now. Quit just bashing yourself and being so ashamed and like recognize like Jesus died for that, bro. Like you're going to be better now. Let's go. So like that that's kind of what I would say is like in terms of yourself and what you can do in terms of desire is like it is it is on you. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's when you got to look too like if it if the desire is left like okay, have I actually evaluated the character of my partner enough, right? Mm -hmm. To where I can actually respect it so much and like, ha where, where did I miss it, right? Because obviously we missed it somewhere if, if it is gone or I'm so mother freaking selfish that I'm just missing it, right? Because I would say that selfishness, fear is not in love. So yeah, that's kind of how I would answer that. I know it's super hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So our final question we ask everybody, uh, you have to imagine 70 years from now, you're on your deathbed, it's your last day, you have a final message to the world. It'll be Whoa. your legacy. It'll be a paragraph, a sentence, a parable, your message, your legacy, how people will remember you, or uh, something that you want everybody to 
really take in and think about what is that message or that legacy that you want to leave with people? Whoa. <laughs> Dang. One message for people. Could be on a billboard. It could be in a book. It could be a paragraph. But when they think of you, they're like, oh, yeah. On, that- your, on your gravestone. Mm-hmm. So funny. <laughs> I'd like to put this on a T-shirt instead of a gravestone. <laughs> All right. It's like, on, it's on right, a T-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> like, you're like uh, let's give the gravestone. <laughs> I, I, it could be on a gravestone. I am down without a frown. That is what I would say. Um, can you be down without a frown? And like, that's so stinking deep. Like another part of me wants to say, always do your best to be your best. Cause sometimes it's reversed. B do you have, but sometimes do affects the B mm-hmm. and then the B can go into the do and then the have, right? So always do your best to be your best is where I first went. Um, but as I like really consider, yeah, like the best life that I think people can live is like be down without a frown and like down can actually be like down in the dumps. Cause God's the, God is the God of the hills and the valleys, right? And recognize he's there with you up there and down here. So you can be down without a frown because then you have joy versus happiness because happiness depends upon what happens. It's circumstantial, but joy is something that's internal. It's the light of me and I can call upon it whenever I want. So I can literally be down without a frown, like mm-hmm. smiling like a crazy dude, right? I remember when I tore my meniscus, like they were carrying me. And I was just like, ha, this is freaking weirdo, you know? But I was down without a frown then and I'm down without a frown now. And I think we have the opportunity to make that choice whenever. Yeah. And awesome. then, uh, so a couple things. One. I want you to self-promote anything that you can, Wrestling Academy, Abundance Coaching, talk a little bit about those, and then how can people actually uh, reach out and get a hold of you, like your social media and stuff like that? Sure thing. Oh, man, nice. I should have read all that stuff down before. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. It's my first rodeo, guys. Sorry. Um, so the question was? Uh, so go over everything that's available, people. You got coaching. Like tell, tell, Talk about your different tiers, your different things that you have available for okay. that first. It's perfect. So first thing is Abundance Life Coaching, right? Um, so in the therapy realm, we can, uh, actually look at your insurance to see if somebody that's homebound, homebound, it can just literally be, if there's difficulty leaving the home, shortness of breath, any of those types of things, you can actually get myself or my wife to come out and do a start of care. And we can probably get you started with some therapy services. There's an eval, then there's uh, treatment and then there's reassessment and then there's discharge. Those are kind of the steps with that. When it comes to life coaching, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, any of those metacognition or anything like that, um, those are that's a tiered system. Uh, tier one, tier two, tier three, those are all in person. Um, so if you're local, this applies to you. Um, so tier one is once a week that we're gonna actually meet up. It can be anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and a half um, just to have that breakthrough, right? Because it's awareness before change, breakdown before breakthrough. So we will find the steps and find whatever it is that's holding you back or right there, like you might be just so close to having that paradigm shift that'll change your life forever. Um, so that's tier one, tier two, tier three. Tier two is two, two uh, sessions, tier three is three sessions. Um, and then there's also online to where it could just be uh, like virtual calls, calls. So that one is just it could be the fitness where we make a plan, meal plan, 
count your macros, all that type of stuff and get you a true fitness plan that can achieve muscle synergy. It can achieve more of a functional aspect. It can get you the symmetry look, the aesthetic look, or whatever you're looking for. We can make that happen. Um, so that's the Abundance Life Coaching. And we can, honestly, I always talk, we do an interview first. Well, we'll do some like questionnaires for you to fill out, and then we would do an interview. And after the interview, if there's good synergy there, then we can work together. Um, and then we talk prices just to make sure that we maximize for each other. Then with the Wrestling Academy, did I miss anything with that? Nope. Nope. Okay. Empowered by three. So that's the Wrestling Academy, and that is on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. So tonight I'm going to be going wrestling after this. Um, that's 7 p.m. over at the Fort Wrestling Facility, which is over by Pro Bowl West, over by the zoo. Um, so we wrestle Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. and then Sundays at 4.15 p.m. So, yeah, you just come on in, sign a waiver. Your first time's free, and then we can get you set up with the plan. It basically comes out to like 12 bucks a session. So great, great time to come out and get an hour-and-a-half workout. We've even learned uh, more injury prevention type things from the, from the people that have come out and gotten hurt, <laughs> myself included. Uh, but, yeah, we would love to roll with you, pun intended, with the Wrestling Academy. Um, and then social media-wise, you can look me up, Jimmy LaRue. It is not L-A-R-U-E. It's L-A-R-O-W-E. Jimmy LaRue is my Instagram. Um, my Facebook is Jimmy LaRue as well. I've got abundance, um, life underscore coaching for Instagram, empowered by three. So empowered, B-Y, the number three for the Wrestling Academy on Instagram. Um, and then TikTok is the same thing as well, abundance life coaching or Powered by three or Jimmy LaRue. Nice. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, well, I guess we can ask Jimmy, is there anything else that you'd uh, like to say to our audience? Man, I would say uh, just last thing is attitude. Have an attitude of gratitude, and that's honestly what I've got right now. Like, I'm just so excited. I got here an hour early because I was so excited just <laughs> to be with you guys and, yeah, just talk about life, and that's literally what we got to do, so live your life with gratitude because it's the best attitude and thank you guys for having me on here hope to be on here again someday yeah thanks for coming on thanks, thanks for coming on jim thanks for being our friend <laughs> yes sir <laughs> love you clerch all right guys that's the end of the podcast the course is out now legit this time i think last time we were questioning whether we we're going to have it out in time but it is now out so if you guys want to know more about wholesaling flipping uh pulling lists um, sales, literally anything. Uh, this is not going to be your average course. Uh, this course actually goes into like very deep details. Tony said that he's been through some courses and stuff where like it was more motivational stuff. That's not what this is. It's not going to be like, oh, you guys can do it. And here's a very general overview. This is going to be like, hey, here's the contracts. Here's how you do it. And if we miss anything, we will go back and give you more information and create the videos for more people. Tony and Dakota flipcourse.teachable.com. Yep. Thanks again for watching all the way in, guys. Comment below your favorite part and uh, let us know. If you guys want to sign up and you watch all the way to the end, we'll give you a special discount. Just uh, let us know in the comments that you watched all the way to the end. We'll give you a special discount because you're awesome.